is good, everybody. Welcome to the basement for episode 100. I'm giving you what the podcast was supposed to be. All right. So, longtime listeners, you know the homeboy Ian O'Hearn. You might not know the full story. You definitely don't know our full story. But uh, the homie. The homie, I've known Ian for almost 15 years at this point, and we both left Tucson, came back to Tucson at the same time, and it's always been nothing but love. I had a little quick turnaround. I was, I was vacationing and visiting Boston, and he just happened to live there, and when I was there, I was like, hey, Ian lives here. Bam, and in that moment, like, hey, dude, I'm here. I'm leaving in two days. Like, He's like, let's get lunch tomorrow. So he brought his son. I brought my son. Uh, we went and had lunch together, and it was... I just always been, always been nothing but love. So when the desert both, uh, when the desert called us both home, we were like, dude, let's let's just make sure we're always kicking it, chopping it up. Let's do this podcast because I had already had everything set up to go, house bought, studio built, uh, studio being built, uh, microphones, the knowledge of how to record, mix audio. And it just fell in line. And then, you know, life gets hectic. We're both dads with full-time professions, uh, wives, and it's just, all right, this isn't going to work out. And as, I mean, anybody who's ever listened to this before knows I'm not regular with the podcast. And it's, it's, a, it's always been like a long-term thing to get more regular in the future. You know, I got, I got a got a lot going on so it just kind of dissipated and I throw a podcast out every every opportunity that I get but what it was supposed to be that's why if you go back look at the original logo it's two chairs at the bottom of a staircase right with two microphones that was my chair and Ian's chair so for episode 100 right God aligned the stars and he fell into the seat in the basement his seat in the basement and we just chopped it up for a little bit. Uh, this is just this is just what it was to be ha- have have grown from, right? And we went a different direction with it. And I think you know we're gonna do our best to try to do, you know, if not this this being the podcast more regularly, then we're still going to get together more regularly. And we don't go too many months without seeing each other. And we talk all the time, right? How brothers from another do. Right, but to to be in the presence of one of your best friends and the synergy that's there, the energy that just comes from that synergy. That like when we're speaking scientific terms, right? There's there's only one source of energy, you know, in the in the world, you know, and it's there's no creating new energy, and I think that's just how we can measure it. I'm wondering if synergy is a real thing when two people get together when you get together with your best friend your very very best friend and maybe that's your brother or your sister or whoever you know you just got the most love for the person like man i think when you're together with those type individuals and it can be more than one too for people right there's there's something called synergy the way you feed off each other and you know chemistry like i think the energy waves that come off of two individuals or groups of individuals you know, could potentially be like a, a new creation of energy that's being output into a, into a dimension that we just can't measure. So I hope y'all enjoy episode 100. It's just me chopping it up with the homeboy Ian. We get a little military talk, a little bit of life talk, and we're just we're just chopping it up as homeboys. So I hope you enjoy 
episode 100. Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement. What up, though? Yo, growing up, I only ever had two constants in my life. My granddad's basement and my granddad's basement. There's something you can ride to, something you can vibe to, something you can chill to, something you can smoke Something that'll, make Six million? Something that'll make you feel good. You ain't winning if you ain't zenning. You know what I'm saying? I no disagreement. No, I'm, I'm just, just a dude from a trailer millies. park. Oh, bro, I, throw, I usually universe. throw two in. Two six How deep millies? you want to go? How deep you want to go? Wow, dude. Um, I do not do that. I, I'm on one three. I put a six in on my second day of school this semester. I got so lightheaded. I was oh, just, yeah. no, that ain't that ain't it. I can't do the. I need to. I'm just on threes for the next at least two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like I um, like when I moved out of the house the first time, like I started vaping. Like I don't know why, but started vaping, and then I was like, I came back from Utah, and I still had it, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not with this. But while I was in Utah. You know, we had our smoke breaks and stuff, and people were had Zins and Rogues, and I was like, so one of the dudes was like, yo, you ever tried a Zin? I was like, nah, let me see it. Got hooked on Zins while I was there. <laughs> First time I threw one in, because they, all they had were sixes, so. Six, yeah, really? bro, I fucking, the first time I put it in, I was like, ooh, got that buzz feeling. I don't like it. I don't like that particular type of the, the rush. So it was more subtle than... I know what you're saying because I've dipped before and I don't ever do well with it. And that buzz from an actual dip, <clears throat> I hate it. Oh, for real? I fucking hate it. Probably That's could, the thing. That's probably what it is. Like, I quit chewing a long time ago and I probably forgot. Yeah. Well, because I've thrown up so many times from <laughs> fucking doing dip or, you know, I used to chew like actual chew back when I was in like fucking middle school, you know, Texas. Like, dude, I remember starting off with like two strands of Red Man. Then I was taking a pinch, rolling it up. I was like fucking 13, 14 years old. Just carried a bag around, you know. That's wild, dude. I don't, uh, I don't miss that. I actually does. It was an aircraft mechanic thing. Yeah, just for air, sure. uh, or just total overall Air Force thing. Yeah, and I definitely, I fuck with the Zens though. Dude, nootropics, man. That's what I was doing when you pulled up. I wasn't like sitting there like yearning for you to pull up on the block and nope, that's slowly what you're pull doing. into the driveway. That's what you're doing. I know I'm saying that as a front, but I was getting my sun viewing in. Like yeah. I'm trying to get like every morning before like noon, like right. just to reset. This is uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman. You fuck with Huberman? I've seen some reels come across and it was actually, you talking about that when I pulled up, is like, oh, he's getting that sun intake and how important it is. Because when I go on the flight line first thing in the morning, if the sun's facing my, my way, I'll stand there at the truck and just look at the sun. You know. First time I saw somebody do that, I was on uh, the Augsburg University campus in Minneapolis, Minnesota, over Southside. I was walking out of the bookstore, and there was this girl, and I just so happened to go to school with her at the community college I was at prior. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, and I just kind of, you know, that awkward looking at somebody that doesn't know you're looking at them, they're going to feel the vibe. Right, right. <laughs> she kind of comes to, I was like, hey, hey, we were in this class together at Normandy. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, and then we got to talk about other stuff. I was like, this is the first time I saw somebody doing sun viewing. It was right. just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine, she does it. Like, she like posts stuff, you know, doing her own thing and going through her own stuff. And 
she like every morning when they were stationed in Texas, she'd get up and just go sit in the sun first thing. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so Huberman says it's for, um, like, from I don't know about for women, and I don't know what, but he says dopamine, uh, increase, circadian rhythm, reset, right. and, like, man, I don't want to misquote him, but I think it has something to do with testosterone is why I said for men. And then one thing, I've been listening to him a lot, like, recently, because I've been, I, I had a really, really in-depth psychology class last semester, yeah. and really opened up my mind, really rounded some things off for me, right. like solidified some preconceived notions I had, and they like allowed me to truly connect right. some thoughts that I already had. So it worked me through some things. The class was beautiful. That's awesome. Uh, so that got me into like, okay, let me. I still, I, I've always had a thing for psychology. For sure. And just like, just how people are, how they work. Like, why yeah. am I different, and why are you different? Like, what, what's going on here? So, like. It then took it a next step further. Like, well, how does the brain work? Right. Because I'm. It's all neural pathways. Like, just like, uh, happy belated birthday. Thank you. I, uh, I, I usually remember this year I forgot. And I talked to Megan about. It. I was. Like, I didn't hit Ian up on his birthday. He's got the most forgotten birthday in the, on <laughs> the, the easiest and most forgotten. Yep. Yeah, you know yep. what I mean. Like people are like, you don't know birthdays. I'm like. Like, I know yours. I'm like, I have one of the easiest birthdays. It's literally the day after Christmas. I have the easiest birthday to remember. Yeah. Um, uh, but that got me into this semester going into learning about neurology. So how how your brain's operating, how your brain's functioning. Right. Because you're going to be 39 this year. And I uh, I need to still have I'm, – and I'm going to college. Uh, that's a, that's a running sorry uh, that's a running joke I have with Ian. Uh, I tell him he's gonna be a certain age this year, and we were born the same year. But I'm older, so it makes me feel better about myself. His birthday's at the very end of the year; mine's towards the beginning. So yeah. I always tell him how old he's going to be this year, uh, so I don't have to think about how old I'm going to be this yeah, year. I just turned thirty eight. So <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. But no, man. Like to that point, though, like when you're talking about like uh, neurology and stuff, and just me going through all the things I've been going through and, you know, talking about neural pathways and dopamine and just how to like basically rewire your brain mm-hmm. and how important it is and what you can do to rewire your brain and, um, you know, reading books and stuff of like putting people in different situations and looking at the neural pathways and how they light up, you know, it's super interesting. So I'm doing that in my leisure time right now, yeah. like which is a few. Today is my generally would be my get ahead day so it'd be wake up drop the boys off get in the gym home workout like i worked out for the first that's why i had to get in the hot tub i worked out for the first time in like six years on wednesday nice yeah by plan all by design like i need to take some time out of the gym just let my body recover a little bit from 15 years of going hard and the last few years way too hard right uh physically uh let me just stretch get my body back in shape and now it's that time because i got certain goals i want to hit by 40 right and part of that is like being in top physical condition for like, sure so going into 40 and so the stepping stones for that the i mean the muscle memory is all there like right. i'll be back in shape pretty quick but the yeah. dedication piece is now now it's truly dive in 
you know, out with some bad habits and with some more good habits. Let's, let's replace things and, and really get to move. And so getting the gym back in the routine and having the time to do that on a D1 facility, like work it into my studies Correct. only for my brain optimization, just Absolutely. health, wellness, feel good yesterday. Like I'm sticking like a, a fruit diet only until I get home from school and I'm on school every day. Right. So yesterday I'm on campus. They got, it's marketing day for a few restaurants. So Portillo's Chicago style hot dog joints on base. Freddy's uh, are on, uh, on campus. campus. Freddy's is on campus handing out custard. Um, Blackjack pizzas there with just slices. So I took a picture of the boxes, the hundreds of probably 250 boxes, 250 pizzas they probably brought, maybe more. Just had blackjack pizza the other night. Blackjack so is bomb. Fire. You go to the one here on the east side? I'm yeah, kidding. we just have it delivered. Yeah. yeah we go pick it up just because it's so close. Um, but they, the, our only beef is they screw up the order often. <laughs> like often. they they And that drives Mrs. Rain insane so we go there sporadically but gotcha. they were there handing out pizza and then i go by i got a class i'm walking like from this whole joint to one of my class buildings and uh, like the mexican student union is out there cooking up tacos carne asada shredded beef pollo asada i'm like i ate my clementine and i'm going to go learn sign language right now better than me bro because i yesterday yeah. was a testament like i like and i felt it like as it was happening i'm like no i really need to stick to my laid out diet my specific schedule like people want to do stuff with me or hey come check out this or that like monday through friday it's like it doesn't work i have one free day it's fridays kind of and it's still regimented Rented, right yeah so this is like would be my gym time and i'm but i'm so sore dude i'm just like I better take another day of rest. Yeah, no. Better take one like, more day of rest. Well, back to like real quick on the uh, on the taco or on the, you know Mexican food, dude. Like better than me, dude, because I'm a slut for street tacos. So I would have a really hard time just walking by some fresh made carne asada. That was that was the most difficult thing I've endured the last year. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Maybe two. Just like I can't not eat tacos. Ta- so, I can't not eat tacos. Dude. I can't not. I love tacos. I love carne asada street tacos. Get out of here with a hot dog on the side. Give me a horchata too. Just Give me a horchata. In it. Dude, they opened up a street taco around the corner from the crib on, uh, it's on Bear Canyon and Tonka Verde. Street tacos and beer? Street tacos and beer company. Yeah. When I was living over on that side, I used to go over oh, there. Oh, okay. And I would go get like four tacos for like 15 bucks. The the kids working in there, uh, all nice. Yeah, like, all nice dudes. Uh, I think I seen a girl in there before. But we yeah. went and got tacos. We tried to go on a Sunday. They're cl- or mo- whatever day they're closed. They're closed okay. one day a week. I think it's Monday. So we tried to go on a Monday. It was like a miscellaneous date night. Megan and I had. It must have been Sunday. Monday holiday, so gotcha. the boys had a sleepover. Anyways, we roll up the street taco, closed on Sundays. Like, okay, where are we going to go eat? Uh, and we roll up, like, uh, two weeks later. It's like, we've been wanting to go get street tacos. There's one over here on the east side. Yeah. Like, let's go. Let's do this. We roll up. It's, like, 7.15. They close at 8. Yeah, they close early. They got, like, all the chairs up, though. So they were sending signals like, out yo. to the public, and it really bothered me. I was like, I don't want to go get bad service. If they're all checked out and ready to go, they already have the place cleaned up, I don't I don't want to go here. I was like, do you want to go here that bad? She's like, nah. I'm like, all right, cool. So we dipped out. And then, like, that was probably three months ago. So finally, like, 
a week ago we went after church and just tore it down. I was like, give me four street tacos and a hot dog yeah, on the dude. side and a horchata. Dude, <laughs> that place is so good. It is so good. It was so good. I went back like I had a, I was leaving class one day because I got Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. I got one class at noon. And I roll into class on like I thought I had my sign language classes Monday through Thursday, but I Great. thought I thought it was Monday through Friday. So I show up Friday at noon, empty classroom. I'm sitting, I'm like, clearly there's no class today. Um, so I pull up my thing, my schedule. I'm like, oh, okay, I have Fridays free now. That it was just a whole bing thing. I can yeah. get scheduling done and read ahead and those assignments. My brain just went off. I was like, but today. <laughs> It's, I'm out of the house. <laughs> and I'm getting street tacos. Uh, I already made a mistake, so I'm going to go get street tacos. So it's right around the corner. Like, it was just like, Psh, let's yeah. go, let's do it. So I went back, and it's just it's so good. They it's are. so good. And I'm particular. I, I when Last semester, I was on campus on Thursdays. I would roll to the crib, go straight to the boys' baseball game. So they would have dinner, go to the game. Right. I'd get dinner on the way, meet him at the game, and I'd get tacos every time. Like, every time, just from whatever I cross. But that's a long Long right, haul yeah. down Broadway. So I went and got tacos from everywhere. And I stumbled upon some good ones. But street taco, whatever they're doing is different. However yeah, they're marinating, man. whatever poison they're putting in it, I'm all right with a little bit of poison. Yeah, I was uh, I was skeptical. Like, when they first opened, I was like, oh, okay, you know, here's this gimmicky-ass, you know, restaurant that's going to pop up. And I didn't eat it for years. Like, it's been around for a minute. The first time I ate it was the one on the east side. And I was like, what have I been doing? Because I'm the same way. I'm super bougie when it comes to – and I work on the south side. So, like – between taco trucks and taco spots, bro, like spoiled over there. So I'm with you. I actually want to go get tacos right now. Yeah, we can go get tacos after this. Let's go. Let's, yeah. Fucking do it. Yeah, let's do it. I was thinking that too. I was like, because the last time we talked about trying to do this, it was, uh, I don't know if we can do that, but maybe we can go get tacos or something. Yeah. yeah. And then, I don't know. I don't think I ever hit you back or whatever. It was whatever probably down, me. But... I, I normally, with everything going on, man, I've been like, <clears throat> real like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I don't follow through. And then like my therapist has been like, you need genuine connection and you need to start <sighs> hanging out with friends. And I was like, okay. Dude, that's important. You should come to church on Sunday. The sermon's about friendship. It's about friendship though. Like go and like to be real with you. Coming from Texas, probably around some Christians and some different brands of Christianity. Like this spot, like I grew up with church dysfunction as well and been involved with weird Christians. And as soon as I got to this church, I was like, okay, vibe is totally different. It's built for first timers to be comfortable. And if you want to go deeper, we have that available. But like it's a mega church, so you can, I was apprehensive about, but you can just blend and hide if you so choose. But like, from a Christian perspective, they're sound on the Bible, and it's it's not. They're telling us what Christianity's for, not what it's against. And right. I think as a whole, Christianity just got that wrong for eternity. Uh, but it's very, it's a really good, really cohesive band plays for ten to fifteen minutes. Right. Like a really good music and a TED talk. Yeah. So it's TED talk with a rock concert. Yeah. No, I've been uh, literally been thinking about it. And then Grayson sh- has shown like a little bit of interest in like religion too. So definitely been thinking about it, you know, venturing over there. But, you know, kind of like talking about being in Texas, I grew up around like Southern Baptist and that is it's different. Just- it's different. They're hardcore. Like, so, like, I love, like... You can't fart the wrong way, dude, or you're going to go to hell. You know what I mean? Like, that's ex- exactly what it is. And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not here for that. I love the passion of a 
Southern Baptist preacher or Baptist preacher in general, like right. how intense and animated they get, the charisma. Right. But sometimes the message in that, stop bumping the mic. Sometimes the message in that is forced. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and for that's, sure. I don't think that's the best. Like one duty as Christians to uphold is like expand the kingdom. Like right. take, take somebody with you. You're not going to be, a, and I like the Baptist perspective, uh, presumably is like everybody's got to come with <laughs> like everybody got to get everybody got said it's so so just i need to save people so badly i don't care how i do it like, right. I, i'm not i don't know i'm not a baptist or bit but i love the the emotion in the career yeah, i take something i don't want to throw the baby out with the bath water when it comes to a lot of things right right i mean don't be wrong it has its place and purpose for an individual and i'm not knocking that by any means for me personally that's not my vibe and what they preach and just like how intense it gets like on east texas religion and you know being baptist like it's just so intense and i'm like i just can't live life like that it, it works for some people and that's great and more power to you you know and i've walked into some pentecostal churches dude like trippy and speaking in tongues, I'm like, nah. Uh-uh. So where I'm at, like, I love that shit. I love that, the Pentecostal atmosphere. I love that. But I also fully understand that's not for everybody. No, not at all. It's not, you have to be in a very specific place. It's for, for sure. a very specific person in a very specific season. And yes. I would also advise not that to be the only thing you go experience if that's what you're into as well. Like, right. like the way I want to introduce my family, my sons mainly to the church through to Christianity is very, Hey, here's what it just, here's what it is. And you make up your mind. Just and have that, a listen to Kanye. And that, <laughs> and that <laughs> you're welcome. It's so deep. <laughs> How deep you want to go. And so many layers to that. Um, and our church offers that. It's it's very. They offer Kanye. Hell yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely going hey, now. Kanye's welcome. Kanye's welcome there. I love him. It's crazy, but I love him. I uh, did you hear the the his last track that came out a few months ago that is disputed whether or not it's AI. Mm, not that I'm aware of. I might have. His flow is something. It's the typical Kanye. Right. But I can try to think of a single bar. He's is, he's. is it by himself? Nah, it's featuring this other cat. Neither of them put anything out. That's why it's a dispute or not. Like, did they really put this out? Did it leak? Like, because neither right. of them said anything about it. No promo. It just kind of hit the internet. Yeah. Like four ish months ago. But I don't know. I mean, I do. I get all my Kanye kicks. And because uh, I do, man, his music is still so good. Um, and I didn't like at first, I didn't like the Donda album. When it first came out, but now going back to it, love it, hands down, love it. But yeah, man, um, I don't know. I might have heard it. Did you? Uh, did you peep Andre 3000's new album? I ain't been listening to nothing but contemporary Christian. Have you heard music. anything about it? Just that it's flute. It's all flute. There's yeah. no. Yeah, that's all I heard. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Um, I I don't believe it wouldn't be. Yeah. If Andre Benjamin put it out. Yeah, it's pretty fire. Like, it's super chill. You can still tell there's, like, some of that outcast type background in it. You know what I mean? Like, you can kind of yeah, hear it. Spunk, what is it? Spunk, spunk Booty Doo or something like that? 
with the horns and yeah, it's fucking fire. I crashed Megan's car in Minneapolis. I was coming off a cloverleaf, which is for you folks not in big metro areas. This uh, a freeway exit that goes in a circle, and then there's one from north south, and it, when they merge with the east west freeway. There's one east-west in both directions, so there's four circles at this one big highway intersection. It's called a cloverleaf. Anyway, they came off a cloverleaf and was going under a bridge. It was rain, it was misting out, tiniest of rain. It wasn't even raining, but it was so since it was misting, the road was just a little wet, and under the bridge was completely dry. And I hit just right there, spun out because it was rear-wheel drive. I don't even remember if it was rear-wheel drive. It must have been, yeah, because I spun out, fishtailed, overcorrected, and slammed into, like, the, the underpass wall, like, the curb, and jacked my knee up, jacked my shoulder up, totaled her car, uh, go to the junkyard to get our stuff out of it. They totaled uh, car seat. Car seats get totaled yeah. if they're in a car accident. Yeah, I was like, the sheriff came. Fender benders, man. They're, they're, they're all automatically compromised. Yeah, and obviously, that makes total sense, but it was sure. one of those glass-shattering moments, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Because yeah. so, I was, like, trying to get out of the car. Like, no, you can't take that. Yeah. Like, oh, all right, fair enough. But I was like, ooh. I, like, I get everything out in a bag. I'm I'm, I'm closing the door. I'm like, ooh, eject. Meh. Outcast Stankonia. Yep. <laughs> like, got to. Back got when cars to. had CD players. I still have CDs just in case I got to get an old classic. Just, you know, throw it in there. If I ever get an old classic, I guess I can still get an MP3 player. But ain't nothing like putting in the old CD, listening it front to back. Oh, man, the days. Flipping through CDs. What was your first CD you got? That I actually bought? That you got gifted? Like, I didn't get it. It was a big deal, and I got a CD player. Like, I didn't get a CD player until, like, 95. I think so. I got gifted CDs, and, you know. My first one was a gift. What was your first one? Probably Garth Brooks. Okay. Yeah, I was was a huge, like, I mean, I've always been in the country. but Garth Brooks is a man. um, But the first CD I actually purchased, Usher. Okay. Yeah, his his uh first my album. My way. Yep. Yeah. And I remember my my mom. Bro was like eighteen when I came bro, out. Yeah, and you know he was popping back then, and I remember getting it, and you know my mom was all super like protective and like didn't want me looking at explicit stuff, and like he had his shirt off, and she's like, no, no, no. And I was like, mom, come on, like it's just R and B, like there's nothing in there. So anyways, yeah, that was my first CD that I actually purchased was Usher My Way. And then just, you know, started it. I got No Doubt Tragic Kingdom and the Space Jam soundtrack for Christmas, like, 95. I'm pretty sure it was 95. I had the Space Jam soundtrack. Space Jam soundtrack as well. One of the greatest soundtracks ever made. So far. Dude, the song with um, Be Real and Coolio and LL Cool J, that... That song is so dope. Hit them high. It's oh, like, yeah. greeting earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. And the beat's coming up under that. Oh. Hit them high, hit them high, hit them high. You hit them low, hit them low. And then B-Real kicks in. I'm going straight to the hole. You ain't got no game. I'm whacking you out the frame. Coming through like a train. And it just goes so buck wild. When LL Cool J's verse hits, they drop the beat like... They just captured like a basketball game, like at an intense basketball game, like um, like and when LL comes in, it's like 
the moment. Right. <laughs> and no music. It lightens, strikes the court. Lights get dim. Supreme competition is about to begin. Above the rim, finesse that moves is animated. One second, they just go. They're going so hard. And Coolio's like my all-time favorite artist, man. That. I love that gotta song. Go, I gotta go back and listen to it because, like, you singing, I'm like, oh yeah. That's one of the greatest hip hop songs ever. Like, I got that up there with like "Feel Me Flow," like play at my funeral. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. It's so funny when you go back and listen to songs from like soundtracks, right? Like, it was, wasn't hip hop, but um, was it "Will You Be There" or "I'll Be There" by Michael Jackson from the Free Willy soundtrack? Dude, I was just singing "I'll Be There" to my sons the other night. Dude, um. That song, you know, it was so like, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, Free Willy. And, you know, I don't know, there's this thing around it. And then, like, that song was so overplayed and it, like, wasn't cool. Dude, I've gone back and listened to that song. It is fucking deep. Dude. So good. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's so, dude, Michael Jackson. Just a revolutionary mus- musician. Like, it's wild the way he put songs together. Yeah. Him and the- Prince, dude. Him and fucking Prince. I've been listening to so much Prince lately, and uh, I love watching clips of him, but, like, that Michael Jackson song, like, he has a a verse in there where he's talking about, like, you know, I'm only a man. I'm only supposed to make mistakes, but I'm supposed to be strong because I'm a man. And I was like, <gasps> damn. I was like, all right, Mike, I see you. You know? Um, but then, dude, Prince is... He's responsible. Prince is responsible for so much music. Like besides the ones with his name on the top, like he is in production and mixing and mastering the guitar features. Like he's done so much for other artists. Dude, as he wrote well. for Shaka Khan. He's written yeah. for Mary J. Blige, um, and all like I mean numerous songs. There's an actual like on iTunes. You can yeah. There's an album that they put together of songs that he has written for other people, mm. and it's him singing it. And like there's like at least 12 14 tracks and it's him and then but i really didn't like i knew he did the Sinead o'connor song like i knew he wrote that one. Oh yeah and um but i didn't realize he wrote for shaka khan i didn't realize he wrote for mary j blige and then you know going through facebook reels and there's a clip of him acoustic playing the mary j blige song and or maybe it's uh maybe shaka khan and i was like what and so i went and found it and i was like that's fire he's so good yeah, he grew up around the corner. Like he's from Southside, like South Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, like he's a sim- he's a little bit younger than my dad, but my dad's best friend is younger than him. Right. So like, Ludi like grew up. I think it was like a kitty corner, just like across right. the street from Prince House. He li- I think he's from the forties. Yeah. Uh, like Oakland and forty six. It's crazy when you watch. Forty second. Um, I watch other clips about. You know, like, especially, you know, you talk, you talk about Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy, like they spent time with Prince and, you know, this, that or whatever. And they're like, Prince was gangster as fuck. Like, you know, and just the way he presented and carried himself. And I love watching like interviews with him with like women, bro, he drives them nuts. <laughs> and like, they're just like, oh my God, like his sexuality that he just exudes, you know, it, it's, it was so much fun to watch. Yeah. That dude was, he was something else, man. R.I.P. Prince. Yeah, seriously. R.I.P. Michael Jackson. MJ. I was watching, like, uh, This Is It, a little documentary that came out. Right. Like, as he was dying, they are filming it. As he died, the documentary was being filmed. Uh, they never did the, the final tour. The This Is It tour died at the beginning right, of it or yeah, something like that. Yeah. But there's a scene in there. 
the guy's playing, I don't remember which song it is, but he's playing on a piano. Right. And Michael Jackson's like, stop. Stop doing that. Stop. And then they get finally, it's just going back and forth. And finally gets to the point the piano player is like, well, Michael, how do you want it to sound? And he literally, he, he stops. I know what you're talking about. He sits back. He truly thinks about the man's question. And he goes, I want it to sound how it sounded when I recorded it. Right. Like when right. I like when I created the song, that's right. how I want it to sound. Like when I made it, I want it to sound like the way I made it. So play it the way I made it. Right. <laughs> it was so just dope and cold blooded yeah. and just like and true. Like yeah. he gave him the most honest answer he could, and he thought about it for a second. That's what I most appreciate. He took the moment to stop, and I think that's just important in life. Every moment, like, hang on. Let me think about this. Right. Like, wait. Do you, oh, wait. I, people, I think, get caught in moments yeah. of knee-jerk reaction or like impulse buys and the dopamine hits, just things like that. Like, hold on. Let me take a second. Right. Because nothing is dependent on this. Like, yeah. Right? I mean, watching, Or everything's dependent on this. Yeah. Watching him break down music like in that documentary is pretty cool. Like, watching his, his process was super dope. But talking about like music and production... I was watching a clip Dr. Dre was on, I think, with I think Kevin Hart's podcast that he has. Um, and Kevin Hart asked him, he's like, have you ever turned down like to produce somebody? And Dr. Dre goes, yeah. and But like somebody big, like somebody super famous. And they're like, well, who? He's like, Stevie Wonder. Huh. He's like, Stevie Wonder wanted me to produce a song. And he's like, I told him no. And uh, and he was like, why? Like, it's Stevie Wonder. And he goes, what the fuck am I going to tell Stevie yeah. Wonder? He's like. You can't produce him. Like, you can't. He's, he's like, a genius. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, right in my own mind. He's like, but it's Stevie Wonder. Like, I'm not going to tell him anything. You know, he's, he, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it was super funny. Just him talking about Stevie and. And him passing up on the opportunity to do it, you know, like Dre, obviously, arguably one of the best producers ever, you know. Um, Stevie, can we just kick it? Like, can we just go? Like, I'd rather just go have a dinner with you, right? Like, right. you know, we don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. That's. I like that grown-up decision making. Right. Like, no, that's not what's best for me. Correct. It, and it would be fan. It would be the one of the greatest songs ever made for sure. But that's not what's best for me. So it's not what's best for me. Uh, you're not going to get the best of me. That makes it not best for you. Right. So, no, I don't think that is the opportunity to go for. And I think that's more like you can apply that sentiment to just broader, broader sure. life that take a second, think through your decisions. Like what, what's your rationale? What's your secondary rationale? Right. Yeah. No, it was super dope. It was funny too. Cause he was like, I don't know what type of time Stevie's on. He's like, this dude was calling me at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he's like, he's like most people, you know, trying to set something up. They're calling in the afternoon. He's like, Stevie, it's like six o'clock in the morning. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, and then been up for two yeah, hours. Yeah, and then proceeded to, you know, he's like, he was like, I don't know if Stevie couldn't see the clock or something. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hart was like dying. He was like, stop, just stop. He's like, you did not just say that. Oh yeah, it was pretty funny. But uh, nah, it's cool, man. I, uh, you know me, man. You know I love music. I haven't listened to any uh, or watched any of those Kevin Hart. Interviews. I won't see reels of them. I mean, the reels and obviously you know clickbait stuff that I've seen. They look awesome right um but they uh i don't ever really go into them and check them out you know so not like i should there is an artist that i'm looking for that i want to tell you about and i can't remember his name 
Oh, I forgot. I just realized I didn't hang that poster back up. Way to go. Dude, I got to set up a blank screen for my sign language class. Yeah. And part of it is you got to film a video saying a certain... T- last night's was asking us, are you ready to... Are you ready to learn ASL? Right. And I, and part of the video requirements, you get very, very specific. This is like, I feel like I have a cheat code going to college at this age. For sure. Because And, and like, then militarily, like just putting things in order and taking control of your schedule. But also I have the, the privilege of it being my full-time thing I can focus on. And I don't have adolescent drama going on right uh in my life but they give specific and exact criteria of how the video is supposed to be set up and it's like blank background so i like take pictures off the walls in here till i figure out a better spot to record or a permanent setup but this room was all tore up not too long ago that's where that thought came from okay the uh i was gonna tell you sometime i forgot what it was you're looking for an artist well yeah i know that one too but then i had another thought that came in my head and now i forgot Um, this one artist, if I can find him, this dude only releases vinyls. That's it. Hmm. And, um, I don't hate it. Well, and so like some of his albums, bro, they, and I say that they sell anywhere from like a hundred to 300 to $500. And he only releases a handful of them. And, uh, he's like, I'm trying to find it. I just had him like I pulled him up because I was telling somebody about him. Um, only releases it very limited, and like he doesn't release. He'll come out with music, but the music that he does release, if it's like on Apple Music, it's like a year after he's already released it initially. And he, sounds like some Justin Vernon type stuff, the Bon Ivoire. Okay, it's like that's his mind state yeah. of of artistry. He's an artist. Right. I'm an artist, and this is what I create. So you can fuck with me or not. And yeah. if you are, like, this is what it is. I don't know. I'll have to try to find a clip and send it to you. But he, uh, on one of his records, he got with this guy that has this technology and his, you know, how most vinyls, right? You know, vinyls laid out, obviously, right? And so this one's clear and it's lasered in, but it it's like circles. And there's three circles. It goes this way and they all kind of intersect each other and super dope and this guy like doesn't really do it so it's for anybody but yeah this artist went to him and he did this it looks super sick that's tight that's like when i think of like i love that sentiment i love that idea i love this this is what i do and like that's how i'm gonna attack attack like well that is how i attack just entrepreneurship right like this is what i do and if it's not what I do, you got the wrong guy. Right. Like, no, and there's nothing sure. wrong with that. Yeah. No, you just have to go find the right guy. I'm not I'm not that one. I think a lot of people, especially like in the trades, being in the trade business, people will try to do too much or something that they've never done before and turn people into an experiment. And they just never want to turn somebody into an experiment. Learn, master your craft, and right. provide that service to people. Yeah, absolutely. It's like with the with the beard oil. I got some specific recipes. Like at first it was going to be real niche. I was like, 
it was very aircraft mechanic specific. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's such a small population. Right. And right. even including like airline workers, like, and even if we can get it to go further with car mechanics, it's like still just so, so niche. Like it's, that's let's more like a so that's, specific. That's like a uh, novelty. Yeah, I mean that's like a limited release, right? Like yeah. you're gonna do that, and it's gonna be just a one-off, and you know, in the line, right? It's gonna be one of the lo- like not even a full line, but just like yeah, stocking stuff for time. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I was reading Small Giants some time ago, but it's mm-hmm. about businesses who chose to not blow up. Right. Like we chose to just be very specific in what we do. Um, and we sell $600 leather pants, <laughs> right? So we do four runs per year and, and people buy them and we're up to a point where we sell $3,000 leather pants right, now. Right. So we, we just stayed doing that. We didn't branch into belts or jackets right. or hats or we anything. We make these pants and we do it the best in the world. And I, yeah, I like that. I've I really applied that. I tried to applied it to my real estate profession as well, which was, it didn't, didn't work out in the environment I was in. I think the mind, the mindset's fine for sure. If your mindset's wrong for the environment you're in, your mind state's wrong for sure. Like, hold on. I need to go get in a different environment so I can have my state of mind. Like, yeah, actually drafted a small business plan as a draft. For you, for, for O and M, you. Oh yeah, for t-shirt Tight. and beard oil. Yeah, I got some names, uh, or I have the name. I'll tell you later. I don't want to edit this with marketing stuff in there because I got some cool ideas, gotcha. very cool ideas. We'll talk yeah. about that when we have tacos. Yeah, yeah. But I'm 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 excited just because like I I getting out of the military. Getting into real estate, that's business, having a business, right. learning business. Like, okay, I really actually understand this. I haven't mastered this, but I really understand for sure business, what it takes to run a business, how to be successful in that. Let me start my company. Okay. All right. That didn't work out. Right. For various reasons. And okay, but I have an entrepreneurial spirit. For I sure. physically can't do a trade business. So how do I keep a business open? Right. I'm just going to sell beard oil on the side. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, what can go with that? Well, stickers. Stickers is great marketing. And whether I can sell sticker packs, but I give, I mean, stickers. Like, people love stickers. Yeah, it's, I think it's next level marketing. It's long term marketing. Like, people like them. The steel water bottle thing is really in full swing. Started probably post 2015. Right. The company, this company, 2018 probably, that I'm wearing. Um, they send a sticker pack with your orders. A lot of places do. And I mean like a grip of sticker packs, you know, and I was like, that's dope. And you can obviously order them, you know, mm-hmm. individually, but I'm like, that's such a good idea because stickers are so cheap. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just the marketing of it. And then t-shirt marketing. I love sticker marketing and I love t-shirt marketing. I was yes. like, okay, so make them all go together. What is the source of that? Dope ass logos. Right. Like, and then limited run things. I want to do limited run. For sure. Like I'm doing 50 of these shirts. That's it. I'm going to have another one that might be exactly the same, but it's purple next time. Yeah. You and I have talked about t-shirts for years because initially back in the day, I mean, a buddy of mine, he's a graphic designer. Awesome guy. Super talented. Had no idea what we were doing. 
And uh, he was super busy because um, he was really getting into starting his career in graphic design. And, like, it was awesome. And But we definitely, like, sprinted before we even walked, you know. And, like, we had orders. that, And we didn't have shirts made, you know. Like, I didn't have a place to make shirts. <laughs> and people were paying. So I had to refund everybody back. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up, like. I see why you didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt my feelings. It's I don't a, want to talk about it's it. A, it's a soft spot. No. But uh, even him and I have talked about it. I'm like, dude, I, would, I just love T-shirts. I love being able. This artistic freedom, right, that you can have with T-shirts yep. and where you want to go with them. You know, with that, and then, you know, like I told you before, like, yeah, dude, t-shirt business in, you know, like, let's get it going, you know. The, the I, I wanted to have t-shirts because I'm very particular about my t-shirts. For sure. Like, and I think people waste the space. Yeah. Like, there's one company, I really like his designs, but then it gets too busy because he adds words to it or something. It's like, no, 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 no. And I know this is more expensive, but move the words to the sleeve. Right. Okay. And then put your website on the back right like use the real estate and like we had uh morale shirts mm-hmm. like with the, the most squadrons logo right ours had logo uh we did engineering installation which is really specific like it's 1500 people in the whole military 1400 of them are in the guard always activated doing network uh infrastructure right no com no bomb right. like it all starts with e and i like the building of the mission it's really cool really cool stuff i did when i was EI. but ei on the sleeve yeah. american flag on the other or it was american flag and uh ei on the other with the patch like right. so smooth i was like the i was like this t-shirts are great no other squadron had yeah had them that fire it just the discreet something super dope but also super discreet like the shirt that i get the most compliments on like it's got this uh, octopus on it, and right. it's just this really cool design. I'm like, yes, that's what everybody should be doing. And I got it from this little boutique shop over South Minneapolis. Next time I go back, closed. But everything was in there. I was like, okay, that's weird. Right? Like, they're supposed to be open right now. Next time I go back, empty, closed, em- permanently closed. Right. I was like, damn, I was gonna go get one of those shirts once a month and have just throw all my other shirts away i think it gets tough with some people because i think sometimes they find maybe some quick success and they're like oh i need a brick and mortar and it's like (sighs) direct to consumer online bro easy unless you're starting to really go like i'll use uh the shorts brand uh chubbies for instance right Mm -hmm. blew up and they're really did a lot of research on them um one of the guys that's a, a founder is actually went to high school here at south point um and then went to stanford frat all that so on so on and so forth so they got really big with their american flag shorts and uh is all online only and then when we were in boston come to find out they just opened up a brick and mortar store hmm. in boston and like that's not cheap real estate so they're doing well enough and uh, they, it's literally the most expensive real estate in the country yeah yeah <laughs> and uh you know and they've, they've expanded it's not just before it was like flag shorts you know the mm-hmm. the, the yacht style flag shorts and yeah they're in every college every college but now they well, have d1 and they have you know then it went to swim trunks and then you know it's it's just expanded to where they have different shorts and shirts and more recently when i what during the summer to this past summer they were selling chubbies and dick sporting goods yeah all okay. just like just the the swim trunks and tanks all the trunks yeah. yeah just the trunks and it was a full whole wall it wasn't like a small oh, section wow. and i was like dude that's awesome to see like where they started to where they are now but again it was all online consumer you know what i mean start with that stick to your marketing i mean 
obviously the the people involved right. to have the right people involved with on the same mission and then it's con- individual control like how do you have control of yourself your time management right. your blocking like running a business it's not for everybody no. like even I consider myself a successful business owner. My business didn't close because I failed. Like I physically can't go on. Like I, right. I made money my first year. Right. Like yeah, it's a trade. You didn't have to buy very many tools. You should make money, right. and I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should yeah. have made money my first year. But most startups is two year turnaround before you make oh, any for money. Sure. I mean, it's like O and M, right? Like I have it. I tabled it. You know, um, I got contracts pretty quickly. Um, I was in a contract you know, to where I was making a retainer and I feel kind of horrible about that. Cause like I didn't, didn't actually place anybody for that company and I was still receiving a, a retainer for almost a year. Um, I kind of feel like I fumbled it a little, you know, for sure, but I was just too busy, too much personal stuff going on. And I soon realized that I didn't have enough time to really put into it. I needed also like another recruiter in there besides just me. When I've really found out I'm really good at acquiring clients and, and making those deals like I don't I can obviously go do the recruiting and boots on ground or whatever the whole other half now but and then I went through the boots to business class that's offered on Davis Monthan you know a class okay. a class that's for military for entrepreneurs right okay um it's a two-day class really good information they talk about all kinds of different things while I was sitting there I was like yeah I don't think I want to run my own business right now like or maybe not even in the future unless I am because with recruiting, I'm like, it's low overhead. I can do it wherever. I don't need this, that, or whatever. But like... Administratively, it's still a nightmare. It's still a nightmare. And I kind of do. Like, I kind of do need a little more to start up to make things run smoother, right? To get some sort of return on investment and uh, and have some people work for me. And then when I was sitting there, I was like, I think I just want to work for a company that the infrastructure's already built. And then I can go in there and either help expand it or just help manage and run it, Um so yeah, I mean, it was a good learning experience. I'm not saying I'm never going to continue with O and M, but it definitely got tabled for the foreseeable future, you know. So, but yeah, it's tough to have that entrepreneurial spirit and not be able to go forth with it. But it's also just throughout that age, where you're just putting things together, taking a step back, really thinking about something, and like that's not what's best it's not going to work like the the time commitment like right. it's low overhead but it's still overhead still overhead like and the administrative that just the happiness right. aspect of it like yeah. whoa i need to file this and i need to file it appropriately right oh i didn't do one i let now i have two and by the end of the week i have nine right and i still got work to go do by myself right like that's that was the most difficult thing like go to go work a 12-hour job and realize i still have like an hour, it's not much, but it's an hour's worth of paperwork. If I don't do that hour after building a deck for twelve hours, right? Now tomorrow that makes tomorrow a fifteen-hour day. Right. Like twelve to thirteen, thirteen to, and then that compound yeah. interest, and that's where I get like the phrase, "Don't let the downs compound." That emotionally, don't right. let the down things build up, nip things in the bud. Realize your state of being right. and how you can deal with these things and that might involve going back to, right, to right. deal with some things as well so when you get to a point of taking responsibility of your life don't let them build up any further address all the issues over time over For time sure. and then going forward don't let new things build up also from a business perspective that's your paperwork that's all the stuff you don't want to do the the billing the invoicing right. the filling out my accounting sheet because i got a file 
taxes right. on this. I had a guy complain to me about pricing one time. I'm like, he's like, $100 to come clean up a brush pile. I'm like, it's manual labor. Uh, the dump fee is 20 bucks to go right. to the dump. So that's 80 bucks. Then that's taxes out of that. So it's 60 bucks. It cost me money to get there. Right. So that's 50 bucks I made, man. Like at best. At best. And then what I got to put back into the company. So I made 20 bucks, dude. I made 20 bucks. Maybe. If I that. might. Yeah. I didn't. I, I never paid myself. On right. my company, Seth made more money than I did from right. my company. I you bought know, myself some shoes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, what? don't get me wrong. There's people that have done it, right? Like people could hear this, be like, "Oh, I've done it." You know, obviously, like it happens, right? Um, you know, people working part time, doing it part time. You know, have a full time job and do this on the side. But like you said, the administrative part of it, trying to do business development at the same time of also trying to do the actual work. It's because they're, they're two different things. Sole proprietorship's tough. Yeah. And, you know, and in that business and, and then obviously, like I said, other things I had going on, like, yeah, it was super, it was super tough. Um, Kind of switching gears a little bit. I know prior to me coming over here, you said, is this, what episode is this? 100. 100. Boom, 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 boom. So I always, when I talk about coming and doing podcasts, because obviously I haven't been over here and years to do it you know um but i was mentioning coming over here and i was like yeah i was like when you first started i was the first one over here trying to get it in with you you know it was it it was a two-person it was podcast. it was a two-person podcast and uh, two chairs on the original logo on the original and uh, <laughs> two dudes sitting there talking at a table with burlap sacks over the mics and yep. you know it was and i think was it me I keep that close, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I keep that close for a reason. Did uh, <laughs> was it? I think me and you both are like coming up with that. How how deep do you want to go? How deep you want to go is yours. Yeah. I have the like. I lost all the original recordings. I don't have any record. I have some other ones that are not with you. Like I have very few of like the first forty recordings I ever made, right. including ones I wanted. For the boys in the future, I went like really, really emotionally deep and just right. like, this is just a hidden podcast for when I die. My kids are going to click a file one day and have these wild audio files of like really how I felt about my life growing up and right. just things not for the public. And I think we did some things not for the public that I probably went to. And I've since done things with people like, oh, I'm not going to use that. Like, right. I don't know. I'll never do that put something like that out with my, my friends or right, right. things like that. And I'm glad you said that. Cause like thinking back on those podcasts, I thoroughly had fun doing them and just cutting up laughing, trying to figure it out, you know, talking about different things, but yeah, some of the stuff we talked about, like I would definitely organize it differently for how I said things and even talked about things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really like those ones just for what we were, for me personally, what I was talking about. And you know, it was like family stuff and drama and this and that. And all those things and like going through all the things I've been going through for the last two years and then going, you know, behavioral health institution. And like, now if we did a deeper podcast, I would definitely frame it different, right. And deliver it different, you know, but yeah, I mean, hopefully I can get a little more time freed up and I can be back in here and yeah, man, start. I got, yeah, I'm down. I got time this semester. I got Fridays, like, I got, you can only do so much homework, right? I can't For lock sure. myself up. Like, but my, like the majority of Fridays is like, I'm very keened in on my studies. I'm right. very sleep is in check. You know, I haven't used an alarm in over two years. I just get up in the morning. It's fire. Get up in the morning before the sun and go and go hot tub chores if needed right. stretch, uh, read the Bible, get the boys up, 
Megan starts work at six. I get yeah. the boys up at six. Like I get dad time, get them ready, get them bre- get their breakfast ready, their lunch made. Like it's a whole thing. Like I don't I don't have time for f around. Right. I don't. I do because I don't make time for it. Right. For sure. Like I keep myself busy. Like in my free time is when I commute, and that's when I listen to neurology podcasts. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it going. Wait a minute. You listen to the? Are you you read the Bible? Yeah, man. Every day. Man, me. No, I don't. <laughs> read the Bible every day. Read every day. Read the Bible every day. Journal every day. Stretch every day. Brush and floss your teeth every day. Those five things every day. Hey, I'm just saying we could like write our own Bible. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. That's what they did. They can write a book. <laughs> write a book. I'm in a New Testament class right now, like learning actually how the specific books of the Bible were brought together. Yeah, like, they're drinking. They're bored. There's a bunch hot. of bunch of drunks. You know, they're in Jerusalem and shit, and they were just like, "I'm bored. I'm gonna write." You know what I mean? I got shit else to do. That's what I think. We got nothing else to do, and but then what? But then, then what? Then we die. Then we die. Then we get crucified upside down. We get our heads chopped yeah. off. We you know we, we die in isolation. We get living. imprisoned. Yeah, you let's know. do it. Let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Maybe if I write some dope stories, they won't do that to me. It's a lot, there's a lot of misconceptions about the Bible. But ultimately, like, we have humans. We have a history. That's the oldest human history we have. So what was the past trying to communicate to the present? Like, that's historical texts. Like, what are they trying to say? Yeah. And it's just layers and layers within that. But get the, uh, Carl Jung has a concept. He's a psychologist, died in the 1900s, 1960s. Um but he's like, we have a collective unconscious. Right. Everything that's ever happened to humanity is within all of us. Right. Like there's a collective unconscious. That's what evolution is. Like it's all those experiences. And there's some experiences that are so imprinting on society. Right. It shifts things. And dude, where I'm at right guys, and I think about true shifts of 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 humanity. I think there's been very few of you know, that I can conceive of and just my, my brain think. And I think right. like harnessing fire, creation of the wheel. What other, uh, the printing press. Probably Facebook. No, 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 no. And uh, this AI. I think these those are like the four like top things that have truly imprinted upon society. Right. Like harnessing the wheel. Oh, now we travel differently. Right. right. Now we can travel farther, faster, like the printing press. I mean, now we can, the mass distribution of information. Like, I think the internet, I don't think that changed evolution. I think it changed society, but I don't think that changed evolution. It's the same demand. It's the automated printing press. It's, the demand for information has never changed. Now we can just get more of it with the that. internet. So that's why I say that harnessing a fire, like, Oh, now we can be warm. I think that changed things. Right. And this, when I used chat, I sat down and thought about this after I used chat GPT, because I sat down the first thing I was like, I avoided it for three years, two years and 11 months. Chat GPT came right. out 2020 and it took me about three years just about three years before I typed my first thing because I knew what it was and what it was going to be and I just right. wasn't ready. And I sat down and the first question I asked it was, what is neurology? Or not, it's, I, for, for my first, I set myself a parameter. I was like, I will only ask ChatGPT questions. Right. That's it. I don't 
have dialogue with ChatGPT. I only ask it questions. That's my parameter I've set for myself for now. Things, for things sure. can change. But it was, what can you tell me about neurology? And as soon as it thinking and started to type, like a shock went through my whole cerebral cortex, down my spine and back up. And I was like, we're different now. Like I'm different now and we're different. That's why I avoided it for so long because things are different now. For sure. Period. I just, it took me two, three weeks to just wrap my head around the efficiency of that, the things I can implement, the things that are not, not I no longer have to worry about. Right. The, I mean, the term Google, Google that. Like, stop doing it that way. Right. Stop doing it that way. I know Google's doing their own AI stuff, Correct. but Google as we know it is no, it's antiquated. Like, yeah. What, where, what happens to Google? Google as we the search engine now like where is that's place because it's, it's still gonna have its place when it comes to research and more of a direct I, I know what you're saying with with like AI and stuff because of, of how it does how it writes and some of those questions I mean I think Google as a search engine is still gonna have its place and they're also set up with all the other programs that are within Google right you know between Google workspace and everything you can do as far as a business standpoint um, you know our personal as well like it's not gonna go anywhere um, it's so antiquated into into everything. I think it'd be really, really hard for it to. But I see what you're saying. It's and a I, different tool now. But yeah, it's 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 incorporation into business. You're with, a different tool now with docs and sheets. And I think they're maybe they were planning for this. So right. hold on, let's compete with Microsoft in business. Oh, absolutely. As ChatGPT is going to replace right. Googling things. Right. So now let's get our AI going so, so yeah it's just i'm just very curious to where tech is nuts, nuts. headed <laughs> i um, don't know where it's going i'm curious where it's headed though so i want to just circle back real quick um because we we're talking about the bible and so one book i did enjoy it's not the bible but um it's a philosophy book by like some roman philosophers and there's it's from the print line princeton but the book is called how to die it's short and it's translated um, and they have a bunch of different ones and it is really, really interesting uh, reading it. And they have, I mean, they have other ones like how to grow old, how to be content, how to drink, how to be a friend, you know, how to win an argument. And they're all Roman philosophers that have written these and then translated. It's really, really, I would, I would encourage you to uh, check one of them out. Again, they're short reads and they're not very long because um, like, it's all translated, then the back half of it is all, it's original. Nice. Yeah, original text. So, nice touch. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I ran across it when we were in California, rolled into a random-ass bookstore, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm sure I'd appreciate that. I, I, I like that. I think people have... I know, that's why I told you. ...an uncomfortable <laughs> relationship with death, like facing their... Me. ...own mortality. I want to point out something. You know what the craziest thing is? And I've said this going through therapy. Get a little deep real quick. I get moments of where I think about dying of old age and not existing anymore. Right? And I get like panicky and like anxiety from it. Right? But when I was going through some of my stuff, the thought of suicidal ideations was comfortable. Right? And like asking therapist and professionals i'm like why like why is that like why can't i have anxiety and 
the thought of not existing and dying and being gone forever, dying old, scares the shit out of me. But yet then I can have suicidal ideations and it's a, it's a calm, you know what I mean? Like, well, it's just a way, you know, because you're dealing with relieving yourself out of the moment of whatever's going on in your life and stress and that it's, you're not gonna have to deal with it anymore as opposed to, you know, the, the other aspect of it. So it's still really interesting. It still doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I get it, but I'm like, that is the weirdest, hmm. the weirdest thing, you know? Ow, yeah, that's interesting because I feel almost the opposite. Yeah. Like almost, yeah, I cannot wait to be old and die. Right. I cannot, like, I want to, I have no intentions of self-harm or suicide, but I love the fact I'm going to die. And I think that's, I cannot wait to die. And I think like, that's, to, to, to say that that sounds weird. No, like, no, no. But I think that's the importance of if there's ever anything about religion. That, I've had that thought before Jesus, but go on. But I think that's the important thing about it's a higher power, right? Whether it's Jesus, it's God or whatever somebody may believe in. It's believing in something like that to where you're going somewhere after after this life. You know what I mean? And I think that gives people a sense of calm and you know okay this is my mind most of the time is like all right well i'm fucking dead i didn't exist before i'm not gonna exist now you know what i mean like um and i think that's where like my anxiety comes in from it you know but that's where i do see the importance of having a higher power of some sort to believe in something you know um so i don't know i've looked into a few different things you know like norse gods and stuff just because it's interesting you know t's all super into that yeah and seth a little bit too I mean, it's dope. And also, too, part of it is because I was going to go get, like, a religious waiver so I could grow a beard. Motherfuckers are growing beards anyways. I go through the gate. They're all on religious waivers? Oh, yeah, bro. The, like, super long ones? Yeah, they're all religious waivers. Nah, I haven't necessarily seen a super long one, but I've seen security forces at the gate. I've seen, like, white dudes with beards almost as long as yours right now. Hmm. You know, just red and gingy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You're, like... Just North, handing them out, Just huh? handing them out, dude. Handing out beard waivers. I mean... I think it's tough because you're going to tell somebody like, oh, no, you're just doing it for this. You don't believe in that. Like, you can't denounce somebody's faith and religion. I mean, you can, you know, because it's government and that's what they do. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you can't denounce, like, somebody's religious and b- belief of what they want to do. You know, like, no, this is, you know, it's what I believe in. Are there still, the so like, if you get a beard waiver, yep. religious, whatever you want to call it. Religious the, the, waiver. Yeah, your okay. shaving waiver waived. <laughs> Like, is there the grooming? Because, okay, here's what it used to be. The groom, if you got a shaving waiver, which every black guy would go get a shaving waiver. Facts. The rule was you couldn't line it up. Like, you couldn't have, so is that the same? Because I go through the gate, I see a security forces dude with a beard, just unkept. Like, dude, you need some beard oil and a brush on that, first of all. Second of all, man, can we line this up? Yeah. Can we get you get you proper? Yeah, and they're like, look, I have some security forces gate beard oil (laughs) just for you. It smells like exhaust and ID cards. Yeah. No, um, no. I mean, I think they can. They're supposed to keep it kind of clean and trimmed. Um, so you can trim it. Now. Yes, I don't know the exact length that it has to be, or if there's that restriction on it. I, I mean, I looked into it a little bit, but I don't remember. I mean, the restriction far as the length for a shaving waiver is still there, um, but I mean, I, I think they can kind of keep it clean it up a little bit you know because they've changed so they relaxed so many hair standards which i think was absolutely needed especially for females um you know and they've 
they relax the mustache standard a little bit. Like you can grow the mustache like a quarter inch longer on each side. That's all we were asking for. You know, that's, that's all we were asking for. That's plenty for most men. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know you guys can't see it, but mine is phenomenal. It's luxurious caterpillar. And on uh, yeah, people call me the Lorax. So, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> but like I have to trim mine up because it gets super long. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's still little things, right? You know, trying like, dude, I don't know if you saw, but like they just up the age limit to join. To Four, what? 42. Wow. Yeah, 42. Yeah, 42. All that I knew was after 2020, when people who refused to get the vaccine got mandatory separated, they were going to have a problem, a huge problem. And now with global conflicts escalating on a rapid scale, that is showing clearly. Yeah. I don't want to go on my soapbox right now when I have enough time for about recruiting and the mess that it is with DOD. I uh, believe it. I mean, yeah. I believe you know, it. We can always dive into that just for funsies another day. Uh, I'm trying to limit myself. Come in very, like, strategic of what I want to say because there's a lot. And I, I, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, Got a few months. You can't tell it all. Yeah. You know, oof. They don't even know. But there's just, like, literally things. I was driving a refuel truck the other day, and I was talking to a crew chief, and, you know, they're hurting for Manning out there it's on the recruiting commercial yeah pilots and crew chiefs if that's in the marketing that means that's what they need that's not good no so do you know i mean you've been to air shows you've been around the military like and there's always like national assets like the big ass assets that different branches bring and like air force at one point had like a uh, simulator where you're jumping out of an aircraft because you're simulating a cct right mm-hmm. um combat controller for you non-military people um special operations and so you're basically jumping out of a helicopter and you're in the simulation and then you know you some boxes got pushed out before you and you open up the box and it's a dirt bike and you're riding on the dirt bike you know through afghanistan and this that or whatever now their national asset is a f-16 and a maintenance hangar that they pop up to where you can do like work on an f-16 with like tire changes and other things like that because they're in like hydraulic stuff because that's they got no mechanics they have none they have none and so i was talking to one of the crew chiefs about that and i was like trust me dude i get it when i was running the recruiting office like and i kind of went on to a box with him a little bit but like what i was getting to is i was driving and it's like I was, I was thinking that's like money's made up right (laughs) like we produce more we don't have enough but we just keep making more and i'm like you want to get people in? Tell them if they're going to join, you're going to wipe out their debt completely. Not give them a bonus to pay it off. You're going to go like the military, the government will be like, hey, creditors, they no longer have debt. And like, I feel like that would probably go a really long way. There's a way to That'd do be it. be an incentive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's a good idea to start with. Yeah. You know, and I mean, there's, I know they're like, oh, we get big bonuses and then we, you know, there's some. Uh, college repayment. Like, I served for 14 years and 10 days. I never got one bonus. I got one when I initially joined, and it was two grand, I think, when I first joined. And that was it. You know, when I went to the guard, I picked the AF, the career field that I was going to go into because of the bonus. bonus right. And I said, serve too much time on active duty. Despite never receiving a bonus on active duty, I was not qualified for that bonus. Jeez. And I had already gone too far. I was like, I'm not. 
just whatever. Yeah. Fine. So what I'll I, figure it out later. So I went I, to eight month tech school, came back for two drills, <laughs> went to trip, became the training manager, went back to tech school. It's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not doing what I signed up for. I did that for the money, like a whore. That's what I did for, for fuels. That's why I chose fuels. You know, not that I had phenomenal scores on my ASVAB test, right? Like, People are like, oh, he must have been smart to get in the Air Force. I'm like, hell no. Just smarter than the ones who win the Army. Yeah, that's you all. know. Um, <laughs> that's all. I mean, prop- Smart enough to not volunteer to get shot at yeah, first. Yeah, I mean, prop- props to those guys. But, yeah, not for me. But anyways, I uh, when I went through the military entrance processing station, also known as MEPS, uh, they're like, yeah, POL Fuels has a $20,000 bonus. I was Damn. like, hell yeah. I was like in it you know i'm 18 years old 17 18 years old i'm like 20 grand never seen that kind of yeah money. like let's go and uh so then i call my recruiter you know like hey went through meth blah 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 blah. and uh you know I, I chose fuels whatever and i was like when do we get the bonuses and like when i get that you know did i get it now like how does this work and he was like bonuses and i was like Yes. And he goes, oh, no. He goes, well, how do you know about bonuses? I was like, oh, when I was up at MEPS and I chose a job, they said PO had a $20,000 bonus. And uh, he goes, hold on, bonuses just came out today. And I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, how long did you join for? I was like, four years. He goes, yeah, you got two grand. I was like, they told me 20. It changed. I literally missed it by a month. Oh, man. I missed it because like one of my uh, one of my homegirls, her and I were in tech school and all that stuff together. I think she got... 15 or 20 when she joined the bonuses per career field change on an annual basis based on the demand for that career field. Yep. I didn't learn that till I became a three S which is now three F right. Uh, support. Yeah. So I learned so much about being a, a training manager. If you're a good training manager, like you're a good personnelist, right? Like as well, cause it's career progression. Absolutely. Like I need to make sure you get promoted. Like I yeah. got, it's, there's so much service involved in that job. I had no idea. I was very, I had a phenomenal time. I really loved being a training manager. I was just done with the department of defense. That's like, okay, I'm burnt up here. It was after like my six year mark. I reenlisted. I was like, I'm only here as long as I need it. Right. I was like, and if it's 20 years, it's 20 years, but I'm only here as long as I need it. Yeah. I don't have control over so many things that I want control over. Right, right. And then I go guard. You get a little more control of your career, where you want to move around within the guard. I could have cross-trained again. I oh. could have done – I was getting great like TDYs for business, Microsoft Office training. It's temporary duty for you guys. Some cool uh, – I got to go on real jobs too and still go right. work with my hands because the unit I was in, I was the training manager of. So what would it look like if I never went and go did what you did, even right. though like I got a five level in it, like a like an apprentice I mean, level? Probably in look it. like most supervisors. Right. Now, that's not me. Though. I'm not most, I'm not most anything. Like right, uh, right, and of one. Sure. So I go do that gig. And then it was just like, okay, I'm okay. My time to depart is now. I, right. I lied. I lied for my benefit. Like when I was getting out of the military, it was, I was in the middle of an enlistment. I still owe the air force a year and a half. I think yeah. I was on a three year enlistment halfway through. Like you can do a conditional release yes. from the guard. Which means you you leave this unit. You have ninety days to report to your new station of duty. I'm absolutely doing yep. that. Yep, I'm absolutely doing that. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm joining a unit in Phoenix. Yeah, as soon as I get to Arizona, <laughs> I was telling people I, I can't get a hold of them on the phone. That was true. I called them, left messages. They couldn't. Nobody called me back. Like more than one time, right. I was calling right. recruiters. I was. I was like, I'm just gonna walk up. I'm just gonna pull up like a 
And you can do that to a recruiter. You can just right. pull up and they're ready to sign you up. Right. So I was like, I'm going to get there. I'm just going to pull up. That's then everybody in the Air Force knows that's how it works. Right. Get to Arizona. I was like, Psh, pulled up to real estate school. Yeah. All right. We're done with that military thing. 90 days passes on day 91 you get released to afpc which is and it's a general discharge under honorable conditions which gets upgraded to honorable after a certain amount of time and whatever they just wash you clean i'm like cool so i'm go get my va disability and yeah uh, i'm not even eligible to go back on yeah i know i mean we i mean i'd get get waved in i get for real like first of all i understand the military's very much hurting for people but as wars get more and more hot like they'll, they'll go follow. Oh. like if we if america needs citizens like i'll go volunteer yeah yeah it, yeah no you definitely can yeah we, we dealt with conditional releases all the time you know from other guard units reserves other branches so it's usually the lady tried to keep it from me the retention lady i sat yeah. down i was like so what do we got to do here i don't want to break in service she's like what she like looked at me so sideways i was like what do we do here? Because like, yeah. I need, need a break in service, so I'm just not going to come to work one day. Right. Right. <laughs> like, and then after, like, it was a little bit of like, she's like, "Oh, conditional release." I was like, "Tell me more." Let's go. I was like, "Open the book." She opens up the AFI. She's like, "Let's do it. Get that started now, because I'm done." Ops tempo changed. I thought. This is when they'd made uh, all career fields had to requalify with shooting, right. gas masks, uh, all the things. I was like, oh, we're about to go to war. What's what's going on? Ops tempo's changing. I was like, I don't even want to be here. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. h- hold on. Like, oh, something ain't right. Right. Like, and, and we're, uh, we hit, um, go, uh, they couldn't figure out a budget that year or whatever right. year that was, 16. Every year since then, sixteen or seventeen, I can't remember. But government was shut down. It was for like a day and a half. Right. It was like, I mean, everything's wrong in this company. Right. Everything's going wrong in this company. I I don't want to go to war for this company. Like I'll defend the land, but like I don't want to work for you. Right, right. <laughs> Doing it. Yeah, so I don't understand. I'm talking about both sides of my mouth, but like if it comes down to it, no, no, I yeah. get it. I get it. It's it's still that service of country, man. Right, and I don't know, man. Like I think some people as we progress in our careers and especially when you've been on active duty, man, like you grind. Right. And then if you go to another unit, especially like guard or reserve, you're just like, eh. like, yeah, I'm here. I can be successful when it happens. But like, man, that grind, depending on what career field you're in, definitely wears on you as you get older, you know, and you're just like, and like I've said it before, you know, when, you know, for me, like I retire in five months, I'll have 20 years and nine days. And I knew, like, I didn't want to try to make rank. I was just done. You know, and they asked me to extend. They're like, hey, like, we could really use you. And I know you could. Yeah. And I, and <laughs> I was body. like, yeah. And I was like, for sure. I was like, I understand that. And a little bit of me was kind of like, let me consider it. I love where I'm working now. It's super chill. I don't do shit. I work, I honestly, out of eight hour day, nine hour day, I no shit work three hours a day. And that's not one consistent. flight. Huh? You get like one flight, one sort of a day or what? I mean, no. I mean, I, I'll anywhere from just depends on the day, anywhere from like six to 12, depending on the day and when they have me on schedule, but it's all easy. Right. So anyways, I was like, let me think about it. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know, not to sound selfish. I was like, but I'm going to be selfish. I was like, there's no benefit in it for me to stay longer. I was like, it benefits you guys more than me. I said, even if, and there's no way possible if there's a promotion, right. To an E8. I wouldn't take it. 
I like what I can do. Granted, I got to find a job. I'm very marketable, you know, even though the market's very saturated, but I, I would be losing money between retirement, VA, and another job. Like, I would be losing money if I stayed. And I don't want to get up at 3.45 in the morning anymore and have to be at work at 5. Like, granted, I get off at 2.30. Like, I just don't want to wear the uniform anymore. Love it. I don't have anything against it. It's just not for me. Like, it's run its course, you know. That's where, yeah, yep, same, same. That's where I get a little surprised. That's like age of enlistment is now extended to 42. Bro. I guess not the state. It's people with different states of mind. When you're... 17, 18, it's very different than being 40. Yeah. You're, you're totally, you're twice, you've been on the planet twice as long. Dude, I mean. I go to college with kids, I'm old enough to be their dad. Oh, for sure. And I think the other, and I'll kind of end it on this. Uh, we even said it when they upped the age limit to, was I believe, 38. And That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. It was 34 for for a minute. It was 27 Seven. for a minute. Yes. And it's per, it's progressively gone up. And to me, that's not the answer because you're hurting. This is my, my, my opinion as 10 and a half years in Air Force recruiting. Raising the age limit is not the answer. You're going to get the wrong people. But for what the military needs. What they need. There, there's so many things to it, right? Um, I could dive into that. But... One, trying to get somebody older in with medical issues, life, right? Like, life happens. That's why they like the age group of 18 to 25 because statistically, you should be able to get in pretty pretty fucking easy, right? That's not the case now because MEPS is a pain in the ass to get anybody through. Imagine trying to have a fucking 42-year-old or 41-year-old coming in and, like... I, I couldn't get through MEPS. Like, no, you couldn't. Like Physically could not get through yeah, MEPS. Yeah, no. you It'd be damn near impossible unless they're, like... And I'm in good shape from the condition yeah but you have too much past shit right and um of just medical shit from your past like there's no there's no way and like and then the other point of that is like you're you really got to find somebody and tell them when they're coming like hey just so you understand you're probably going to be taking orders and being supervised by like a 22 23 24 year old just so you know you know um and even even higher ranking than that there's going to be people that are way younger than you so i hope you're okay with that because that's what's going to happen you know what i mean granted the benefits aren't bad for you know for for the right person you know benefits are spectacular i was a brand new staff sergeant i was 25 and we had two a1c's e3's in the hangar and i was I was either I had a line for staff or I was staff, but I was twenty four, twenty five. I post twenty five when I put staff on. So twenty four, twenty five. It's like we put it on at the same time. Same year, we made it the same cycle. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because we went to, we went to ALS together, and then we missed it. It's where we, it's where we and met. And then the second time we made it. Oh, that's what happened to me. I don't know if you tested that year. So I tested out a cycle because I wasn't going to stay in. I was on my first enlistment in four years. I wasn't going to stay in. I was like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm going to move to Texas. Mm-hmm. Literally wanted to move on like one of those flat roof boathouses on the lake. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like dead set. I was like, that's what I want to do. My and, life's going to be awesome. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. And then I got back from deployment. I was like, I have no money saved. I have no plan. Um, so I tested out of cycle and re-enlisted in the same month. 
Okay. And I was like, all right, well, this is what I'm doing. I didn't study. So, you know, when you test out a cycle, you get your results back fairly quick. Um, found out that I didn't make it. So then I studied and then tested again in May. So, I mean, look, I actually don't mind how that worked out because I still made staff pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I think you and I put on the same year. Yeah, I put on, uh, or I got an article 15. So like I was ineligible my first cycle, studied my butt off, didn't make it my true first cycle. And then it's my second test, but my th- what should have been my third. What, just what, year did you go, what year did you come in? We came in at the same time. We're the same age. Um, I know that. 04, March 04. Okay. Yeah, I was June 04. Yeah, I would have retired this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, with the, but I was in charge of the hangar cleanup. Like the bathrooms, right? Like make a schedule for the airmen. Like you got it, boss. They make the schedule for the airmen, and then I come to find out these two dudes are older than me, and why they're like twenty seven and twenty eight. Yeah, I gotta walk up to them like, hey, guys, why didn't the, you guys are off the bathroom cleanup list? Like just just straight up, you guys, your names will never appear on that. I didn't right. know you were older than all of us. Right, like no. Nah, Sorry, right? Like, <laughs> like, you're, but you're not gonna have to do that anymore, right? Right? Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, but like I said, it, it'll fit the right people. But again, that's not the answer to help them make goal. I mean, la- this past FY, FY twenty three, just breathed real hard into that. But uh, FY twenty three was the first time Air Force Recruiting Services missed goals since nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's been a debacle. Space it's Force been a debacle. Space Force made goal. Yeah, I wonder what their standards to join are. Same as Air Force, man. I mean, is so, it? Oh, yeah, because really, I mean, their tests are harder because for those specific career fields, you not only have to score really well in the ASVAB, you usually have to take a secondary test to qualify for one of those career fields, as well, right? Um, and probably have some sort of some of those jobs are going to probably have some college requirements as well uh, to do those, to do some of those jobs. I mean, because they pulled air force recruiters to go be space force recruiters and then the air force recruiters are are still getting gold with a space force goal so they would have their regular enlisted goal they would still get tasked with a special operations goal and a space force goal on top of what they're already doing even though there is a squadron got stood up while i was in boston and i believe it was like 2016 2017 they stood up a whole squadron that is all battlefield airmen now special operations recruiting squadron that's all they did Hmm. like they have ford raptors all they do is go yeah bro all fully wrapped ford raptors like oh that's probably just like a kit no they're all a fleet of ford raptors for the recruiters um they go to like arnold classics they go to all these fitness expos they go to all these like things and that was specifically for special operations and they're still tasking you know, regular ass recruiters with that goal. And I'm like, well, what's the fucking point? Like, like I know it's a hard, like it's hard. It's hard to recruit them because of their attrition rate. Like, and they're doing so much more now to prep them to try to make it through, um, you know, those pipelines. And even with the prep, man, I mean, there's like months of prep prior to going in and it's still, the attrition rate is still so high. Like, dude, I, the dude has hands down. He was prior service Navy in the Navy went through buds initially failed out of buds got hurt and then i mean he did the pass test right for the air force hands down probably the best in shape dude i've ever seen in my mm-hmm. fucking life dude like i talked to him about it. he's still a beast so he's in his third like he's closer to our age and 
like he just wants to be special operations of some sort so bad that's what he's always wanted to do but like bro he's he swam like a 500 meter and like what was it? it was like 9 17 and then he ran an eight like an 829 mile and a half and then he did 100 push-ups in a minute like 95 sit-ups in a minute 25 strict pull-ups beast so we got him going to pj pararescue yeah tore muscle on his back and they were like quit or go home or quit or keep going or quit that's the only option to get him and he was like the doctor literally said like i'm gonna permanently hurt myself they're like keep going or go home and so he's like, well, there's not really much I can do. Like, I can't keep going, like, you know, in training. And and on their contract for prior service, it, it says in there, if you fail out, that you are getting discharged. Oh, for real? Not even you get to go be a crew chief? Yeah. So, but they usually work with him. He ended up being a C-17 crew chief. <laughs> um, so the, uh, but even the cadres, because he was older, right? He's on the older side. And they're like, bro, they're like, we give it to you give it up to you where like you know after he said i'm done they're like i don't think we can make it through this anymore you know and they're in their low 30s you know and they're like we would have a hard time making it through this like the older you get trying to make it through special operations training your your likelihood of making it through it just gets less and less and less you know what i mean so that's really interesting i think he went this dude bro he went <laughs> i talked to him not too long ago he went navy initially active duty air force he went army because he was trying to go be a ranger i don't know if you i think he made it through ranger school i think maybe i don't know and then talking about trying to go back in the air force or some shit and i was like bro i was like you're gonna have the most fucked up dd4 214 <laughs> and with all kinds of shit i'm like holy shit dude so i don't know what he's doing now um because he was like, hey, do you think you can write me a letter of recommendation? He was asking about trying to get back in. And, you know, do you think it's possible? I'm like, anything's possible, you know, especially if you are trying to fill a need that they need, you know. Um, I was like, but also good luck to you because and he's like, I'm still fucking beast. I was like, I bet you are. I was like, you crush it, but you're also like 36 now, you know, like. Still could pass that PT test, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're probably top fucking 1% of PT tests, but. You know, it, it yeah, it's just a different beast. So I administered probably conservatively two thousand fitness tests over my career. Yeah, probably significantly more, but conservatively two thousand. Like eight twenty nine was like the fastest mile and a half I ever saw. Yeah, and to think that dude did it after swimming, swimming. <laughs> like oh, oh, oh yeah. man, the fastest mile and a half I ever ran. This was in basic training. Was it eight fifty eight? Oh wow! Yeah, burning. Mine but, was nine forty three. Not on a test, bro. I was straight out of high school playing sports. I was five ten, and in basic training, I weighed one hundred and twenty seven pounds. Oh wow! Yeah, I was small, small little skinny boy. Um, oh. so I was moving, you know. And then of course there, like running and working out and shit. So yeah, that was a fat. And then I never in that sense, I never give a shit or tried or wanted to be like, let me get back to an eight fifty eight. It's very easy to get a 90 on an air force PT test. Yes. It's very easy to get a 90 people who struggle with the air force fitness test. I don't understand it's it. I never fucking... understood it. I, I, I understood it psychologically when I was in the guard, 
But the test is not hard. I could get off the... I'm just worked out for the first time in a couple of years, two days ago. I could go pass the Air Force PT test. I get a 75. I wouldn't... I don't think I get a 90, but in a month, I could get a 90. Oh, for sure. So, like, I didn't know this. My last PT test that I took was February or March of last year. And my leadership was like, hey, you know if you pass this with a 90 because you're retiring in a year, you don't have to take another PT test. And I was like, no. I had no idea. Well, I was a fitness manager, too, and I was a training manager. So, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, I wasn't concerned about sit-ups and push-ups. Like, I'll be fine there, you know, because I'm older now, too. You know, so the standards change. It's always the run. I don't run anymore. Not like that. You know what I mean? Um, decently in shape. But the track that we normally go to was shut down. So we were doing a road course, which I was like, fuck. Mm-hmm. And I've never ran it. And so, like, I'm dying anyways. And just like, fuck. And so I, I finished, like, the last one I get through. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. Because, you know, I kicked it up. You know, I was trying to make up time. And I put my hands on my knees and they looked over like, what are you doing? I was like, fucking, I'm done. And they're like, no, you have one more down and back. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and so I fucking, and dude, I'm just dying. Like I'm trying to make it through. And I'm like, I didn't make a fucking idea. I ended up scoring like a 91.8 or a 92. Like, I don't know how, but I, yeah, I was like. Oh. Standards change, bro. You know what? Uh, well, too. And if you're within 12 months, you can go overdue for 13 months before you're in the red. And so you'd be fine anyway. You know the do you know they have new PT workouts you can do? Like on the test? Mm-hmm. No, what are those? So you can do a shuttle run, right? So essentially like fucking um how do I explain shuttle run? It's just like you running lines, right? Okay. And you have so long to get to each one and it's a beep sequence. And so as you keep going, the beeps get quicker. And yeah, so you can do a shuttle run, and there's a certain number you can get for like a minimum points, and then you know based off the age group and whatnot. Or, because I mean it's something crazy. Like somebody's like, oh yeah, I could do like 80 lines. I'm like, fuck that. But and like for sounds like basketball drill. A thousand percent. And I was like, I don't think my knees could handle that, you know, because I'm gonna want to turn real quickly. But you get you got to turn, and then you, at the beginning you kind of have a little time to rest, and then as soon as the beep goes, you know you're going. But as it gets quicker, you're basically turning and going again. Oh wow. And Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. It, like some people that have done it, they're like, no, it's way easier than a mile and a half. And I was like, because mm, it's quicker. You know what I mean? It depends uh, on what type of athlete you are. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I always was better at sprinting than like long distance anyways. But I was like, I might just go dive for 12 minutes while I'm trying to make this run. But um, so you can do that. Uh, obviously, <laughs> yeah, you can um, do hand release push-ups. So yeah, obviously, you know, like push hands, but you have to go all the way down, hand release, and then move them out like to your side come back in push up right not bad i've seen it like the standard to get a, a high score is lower and you have more time and like you have two minutes instead of a minute so like you can just kind of breeze through it yeah and then um you can do a plank now for your abs you know instead of sit-ups uh and I think, what is the max time? It's like three minutes or six minutes. Three minutes or six minutes is max points. I'm like, bro, I can't do a plank for fucking 15 seconds. Six minutes is a long plank. Um, that's interesting. No, I see that as a for like running the fitness program for right. a, a few years. For, for, yeah. I, when people go on waiver. Right. Now they have alternatives. Correct. To get around that. So I see that. Right. From the med group side of things. Right. Like, no, nah, there's too many people on waivers evading their fitness stuff because you can only, if you don't perform all three components of a fitness test within 
I think it's two. You have one fitness test. It, you can't do two in a row where you don't do all the components. Right. Something to that effect. Right. So now there's alternatives to get around that. Interesting. And interesting. I've watched people like when it first rolled out, right? And kind of watching the combination. So like I watched somebody do hand release push ups and then do a plank. And I would not do that combination because it burns out your shoulders doing hand release. And then you're going to try to hold a plank. I'm like, no, I would do hand release. They are easier, especially for the females, because I watched a bunch of females do it, and they did way better with the hand release. Hey, you you explode out and back in? You push up down, yep. and then explode out you and back have, in and you, push up? Yeah, you don't have to explode. You can just... Arms out, back in? Just, oh, you move it out. You move it out. Move one out and then the no, other? No, no, no. Same time. So you have to pull, pull your arms out. Yeah, yeah. You got to push them out, but you don't have to explode. You can just be like, here, boom, and then, you know what I mean? Like, you can go at a pretty low <sighs> rhythm. So, but yeah, like watching people do that and then try to do a plank, I'm like, your shoulders are burned out. Yeah. Like I wouldn't do that. You know, I would do either. I don't, for me, I'm just not a plank person, but, um, yeah, I would probably do hand release and then just do regular ass sit-ups and go do a run. So right on my tummy's rumbling. Let's get up out of here. Let's do it. Thanks for having me. Dude. Thanks for coming through, man. It's been a long time. Should have left you. That I don't need to step two. To step two. Everybody be cool. Check on a vet and hug your loved ones. Peace.